Hey, welcome to Lakeview Sermon of the Week. We're so grateful to have you here, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I just keep hearing rest. Yeah. You know, I know some of you are physically exhausted and rest is good, but this is, I think that this is a different kind of rest. Oh, spiritual rest. He says, stop being a busybody because you're not being productive in my kingdom. The teacher, I was praying in the conference before we started service. Oh, and I asked Jesus to help me. And he came into the room and all I could say was, teacher, you're the teacher. You show the way. You're in control. Oh. He said, oh, be your teacher. And just rest in the fact that the teacher is here. He's here. He'll go with you. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Matt got sick this weekend, and he asked me to minister, and just before I even asked, or before I even thought about it, I said, yes, don't do that all the time, just answer impulsively on things, but I said yes, and immediately, I just felt a oomph in my spirit of a word that was prophetic, and I'm still learning how a prophetic person can preach, and I'm still not very good at it, but I love it because it's special and it'll flow. And I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to share this word today. And I want your hearts to be open to receiving it. Because if we can grab a hold of the word, I think it's, oh man, is it, I may be totally off here. Second Chronicles, like 2020 or something like that. It's like, it tells us that the, it's so important to listen to uh, the words given by God to people. And so I'm nothing. There's a million other people that could express this verbally better than I could today. But I'm yielded. And I'm right there with you in wanting more of God's spirit. I want him to change our lives. I want to be purified. I want, I just want more. And you know, I've been praying, God, more of you, less of me. It's a, in the flesh, a scary prayer to pray sometimes. More of you, less of me. But you know what? In, in the spirit, it strengthens us. That's when we rise up, is, is when we start living out the less of me and more of you, God. And so start praying that even if you don't know what that looks like or what it means, when you start praying less of me and more of you, God will start showing. He'll start shifting things in, in your life and in your way of thinking. You'll start noticing things you did not notice before. And it'll usually be about yourself. God is so good to teach us in his way, to show us his way. His word is a a lamp to our feet. It guides us. And so there's no reason to live this life as a Christian and with Christ and having the newness and living this life in confusion. I rebuke confusion in the name of Jesus. You get a hold of it too. If that demon is on your back, you say, get off confusion in the name of Jesus and not walk in it. Taking authority, you may be like, I'm not that person because that's kind of bizarre behavior. We're all bizarre, okay? 
We're all weird, okay? So just get on the weird boat and start calling out the demons, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm honored that, that I'm here. I, I miss Matt being here. I know you guys miss Matt being here. Um, and I know he's, he's oh, maybe watching, maybe resting. I don't know, but I honor him, and, uh, and I just miss him. So, uh, he, man, there's favor on our church right now at Men's Retreat. There was, he got asked to, like, start the service, right? And our, our worship team got asked to play worship for 3,000 men, lead men. Three thousand, like, lots, 1,500, 2,000. I don't know. It was a lot of men, it was a lot. They were leading worship, and Matt got to get up and start the service. And, like, it was just, I heard so many good things, y'all. And God is just saying he's taken us in, in a direction of more. And, and we can have as much of God as we want him. Shelly, you can have as much of God. There's nothing. Stand up, sister. There's nothing. There's nothing. Wreck her, Lord. Wreck her. Come on. Woo, come, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. You know what? Ooh, right now, right now, right now. Whoa, Rose, stand right here. Woo, Come here, I need dinner. I need some guys around. Ha. Ha. The enemy that surrounds you mm, is loud. It's loud. It's loud. It's deafening. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You know what? We're acknowledging the work of the enemy, and we're taking the arrows out of his hand. I see God taking, he's ta I see him grabbing you by the hand and walking over to the front lines of the enemy with authority and he's frozen and he can't, he can't send the arrow and I see you going to him face to face, something that you've been fearful all your life of. All your life because, whoo, I don't know, that's deep, deep healing, deep healing, deep healing, deep healing, deep healing, deep healing. Mm, I see you taking the arrow from the enemy's hand. Ooh. Authority, 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 authority. Rosso, radi, shididi, sidi, barroso. Mmm. Mmm. Ooh, I see you getting violent with the enemy. Ha. Shora sidi barisi, but it is it's not uh, physical. He showed me you just took the arrow. He's going to teach you how to warfare with your words. Ooh, purify. I'm going to, ooh, da, da, shade, di, si, di, borroso. Come on, church. Agree with me? Ha, the enemy is mad because he does not want you to know your authority. Ha, ri, di, shi. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, he's purifying. Mm. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh. Fresh oil, Lord. Fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. You want to keep praying with her for just a minute? God's not done. Ooh, there's fresh oil in the room. See, this is why I went to Zechariah today. The Lord led me there because for about a year now, from a dream to another dream, uh, God started revealing these things about oil to me, and it really didn't make sense. 
And I just knew there was something to it. And sometimes the work of God unfolds over time. You don't get it immediately. You might hear a message that Pastor Matt preaches and and six months later, you're in a moment and the seed that was planted in your heart rises up and it starts making sense. The dots start connecting. God will give you the sustenance you need to live this life and to come against the enemy when you need to. And so that's what he did for me. And I landed in Zechariah 4. And so Zechariah, this book, just you might be like, Zechariah, who? You know, that's the Old Testament sometimes gets kind of um, out there. And and so we tend to go to the New Testament because it seems a little bit easier to, to connect the dots after Jesus. But it's so important to go back to the Old Testament at times and to see, because here's the deal. There, there's a, a people of God called the children of Israel, God's chosen. And, and that's who God's people were then, okay? And it's a picture of us now, all right? And so we have these clues and these examples of watching their patterns of, of being uh, humble and repentant, and then they fall away, and then they come back, and then they fall away again, and there's a lot of wishy-washiness going on. There's a lot of patterns that they're operating in that aren't broken, okay? And so eventually, this behavior, this up and down behavior leads them into exile. God did not place them in exile. They're patterns led them to exile. So they went 70 years into a place of exile and their temple was destroyed. Wreck her, God. He's going to wreck you today, Shelly. I just, there's a lot God is doing. Do not get discouraged. It's today's monumental for you, okay? Yeah. And so they, they, they're in exile for 70 years. There's like hundreds of thousands in exile, okay? These are the people of God. But 70 years feels like a long time when you're holding on to a promise that God gave you, but you can't see it with your eyes. How frustrating is that sometimes when you've been praying and believing and you're feeling like, is my prayer and belief not enough? But they, some of them fell away. Actually, a whole lot of them fell away. Hundreds of thousands dwindled into 50,000, a remnant, a remnant, just a piece of the people left. There wasn't meant to be a remnant, y'all. It was supposed to be all of them. They were all included in this plan to come out of exile and rebuild the place of God and the presence of God, right? But only 50,000 stayed true. Okay, and so there's 50,000 that are coming back. And and Zechariah and Haggai, they're kind of at the same time period, but Zechariah focuses on the rebuilding of the temple, but also uh, the people of God and what that looked like during that time. And the people, uh, he, he's, Zechariah is a prophet here, okay? And he's calling these people to repentance. And he's calling them to encouragement, okay? Because guess what? Now that they've come out of exile, like, yay, woohoo, we get to build this temple again, guess what happens when a really hard work gets put in front of God's people? So many times we lose momentum because hard work is hard. It takes effort. We can't just stay rigid and ride that surfboard. You know what I mean? You got to have the flexibility. And so... Many of them fell away. Zachariah is there. He's saying, come on, we're going to finish this thing. So the book of Zechariah is really confusing when you read it all together. It's not chronological. Like, it's kind of crazy. And he starts having these crazy dreams, okay? And so he has these crazy dreams and visions, but these visions and dreams are for the people. And so an angel comes in to 
to interpret these dreams for him. And so I want to focus on the one in the fourth chapter today about the the oil, okay? And so uh, Cody read this, and we're going to break it down real quick before we uh, move on to the other things. And so in in chapter 4, verse 1, it said, And the angel who was speaking with me came back and awakened me, like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. Man, I desire to have some crazy dreams. Do you all want crazy dreams? I want crazy God dreams. Not flying elephant dreams, although that could mean something. But here's the deal is you got to look at the symbolism in your dreams. Many times I've had a dream that was crazy, but then I couldn't forget about it. And so I went to other people who I know are gifted in interpretation of dreams. That's why the body of Christ is so important. And so, and then they show me that this thing symbolize this and this thing. And I'm like, oh, I leave like five minutes later, like, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense. You know, the thing that was foreign to me before. So we're going to break this vision down and, and you'll see that even Zechariah is like, what does this mean? Okay. And so he said to me in verse two, what do you see? And I said, I, I see and behold a lampstand, all of gold with its bowl for oil. Everybody say for oil on the top of it, and it's seven lamps on it with seven spouts belonging to each of the lamps, which are on top of it. Well, that is a confusing picture, so guess what? I Googled it for you and for me. Do you got that picture? Hey, somebody decided to paint the dream, I guess. Okay, so what it might look like, but that gives you a visual, okay? I'm a visual person. Do you see the lampstand? Do you see the pipes that are, uh, that are flowing from the bowl, to the lampstand. Now go above that. What is, the, there's pipes coming out of what? Two trees, okay? And so in this dream, it, Zachariah can relate to the lampstand and he can relate to the bowl because those are things in the temple and he's like a temple guy, right? They know all about the temple and the workings of the temple. But the two trees are, are stand out because there aren't trees in the temple, There's people that work the lampstand. There's people that change out the soot, that constantly come to refill the oil, that have to replace the the wicks. Okay, and so there's, there's in the in the temple, there's constant um, attention to this lampstand. Okay, but in this dream, instead of people, there's two trees, and there's pipes coming out of the trees of oil. And so verse 3, it says, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right side of the bowl, the other on the left side of the bowl, supplying it continuously with oil. Mm. So what he sees are self-filling lamps, Mm. not people fed. Ooh, come on. People are distractions to us. There are distractions in our life that we convince ourselves that it fills needs in us. There is nothing that fills a need sufficiently outside of the continuous, everybody say continuous, supply of oil. Let's look at verse four. So I asked the angel who was speaking with me, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who was speaking with me answered me, do you not know what these are? And he said, no, my Lord. Of course I don't know what these are. Like, okay, he's having this dialogue with him because he's wanting him to know that this is really important that you know. Are you, you don't know what this is? Okay, let me tell you. It's important. We need to know this. So he said, no, my Lord, verse six. Then he said to me, this continuous supply of oil is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Okay, hold on. Zerubbabel, it starts with a Z, but that's different from Zechariah. Now, where does he come in? Okay, so Zechariah was the prophet, okay? Zerubbabel and Joshua were, and it's not the Joshua y'all know from 
earlier in the Old Testament, okay, knew Joshua. So Joshua and Zerubbabel are like civic leaders or, or head over, uh, right here it says in the, in the, it says a prince of Judah. So he's high up, okay? And him and Joshua are, he and Joshua are in charge of building this temple, okay? They're the leaders. They've been placed in leadership. So in Zechariah's dream, the angel starts talking about Zerubbabel, okay? So he says, this continuous supply of oil is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit of whom the oil is a symbol, says the Lord of hosts. So Zerubbabel had this responsibility of rebuilding the temple. Who you got to have to build a temple? Just because you're the leader, can you build it all by yourself? I'll be the first one to say, no, you can't. I cannot do this by myself. Right? Matt can't do this. No leader can do this by themselves. He needs workers, and he needs healed workers. He needs encouraged workers. He needs workers that are willing to get out of, the, of, of their discouragement, right, and look towards and say, okay, what do we got to do? And so Zerubbabel is probably discouraged as well because he knows the temple needs to be rebuilt. There's all the supplies. Have y'all ever uh, had a house or driven by a house or something, and you can tell they've had all the supplies supplies for a really long time. It's just been sitting there. Maybe they ran out of funds or got distracted. I don't, life events happen and you're like, oh, they got a mess to clean up, right? So that's kind of what had happened. There was all this stuff there, but the temple wasn't built and they had been doing that for 20 years. Talk about discouragement. We get discouraged in 20 minutes when things don't go our way. 20 years. So I don't want to paint these people in a bad light I mean, they were the remnant. They were the 50,000 who hung in there and stayed faithful to God and said, God, I know you have a plan. We're still here. But don't you know that even if you're a faithful Christian, discouragement can creep in, right? And so there was this, so God sees this and he comes to Zachariah and he said, I'm gonna give you a word to Zerubbabel to kind of give him a little nudge, right? Man, I need nudges all the time. Right? I act like such a baby sometimes. I'm like talking to myself, grow up, Emily. Oh, why did the Lord even have to say that to me? I got to grow up. You know, like we get there all the time during the week. Okay, am I alone? I'm obviously alone. I'm not alone. Okay, and so he's coming in with this word, and he's saying that you have this temple to finish. You are going to finish it, and it's not going to be by, let's start with the first thing, might. That's like a army power, okay? It's like a collective body, the might of a collective body. Y'all know if we all got together and went and did something, like we might physically be able to do something, but he's saying spiritually, you can't finish this temple through collective, uh, a collective effort, okay? You can't do it by might. You can't do it by power. Power is individual strength. You can't do it in your individual strength. Not by might, not by power, but only, only. Everybody say only. Only by my what? Spirit, which here it says is the oil. Woo! It's the oil. It's the oil in the bowl. Okay, did you see it running down from the tree into the bowl? Guess who's the bowl? You're the bowl, okay? He's flowing into you. And guess what? Some of y'all stopped at the bowl. Can you put that picture back up there? Y'all stopped at being the bowl, okay? There's more to the bowl. There's pipes going out from under the bowl. And he's got his spirit. He's saying it's not in your mind alone. It's not in people might. You might feel good because you got lots of friends to sit with on Sunday. Or you got lots of people you can call and say, hey, will you pray for me? Okay, so, but it's not in might of people. 
God said, that ain't going to work without my spirit. It's not going to work without my oil. And my oil can't stay stagnant in a bowl. That's not how it works. You got to be filtering it out, right? You got to be filtering it through so I can fill you and it can flow through you onto others. Do y'all get what I'm saying? We're not alone. It's not just us and God. This spirit thing is a whole operation. How is his oil going to penetrate if you've got a hard heart? Christians. Christians, yes. Zechariah was talking to the Christians. He's saying, repent. Well, we're Christians. Why are you calling us to repentance? That's not what's keeping us from the temple. Maybe it is. Maybe discouragement has caused you to think a certain way. And then because you think a certain way, you're going over here and you're just, you're doing your thing. You're moving. You're moving. You're feeling, oh, I came to Sunday and Wednesday and I'm in the presence. I see it around me, so I must be a part of it. But that is trickery from the enemy. That is a delusion. It is a delusion that you can come on Sunday and Wednesday and, and, and be exposed to his presence but not have it the other days if your heart's not really there. But if you have a hard heart, I'm just thinking of soil, right? So if, a, if I was going to plant something and it was clay and it was hard, right? I'm, I'm not a gardener, but I'm just thinking the soil has to be able, the water has to be able to run through the soil, right? It has to be tilled, right? And so God is coming to some of y'all and saying, before I pour my oil out, I got to dig up your heart some. I got to toil. I got to till the places of your heart that are hard. I got to pull out some of those stones that are blocking my way so that this soil can be open to your spirit. It doesn't stop with you. It doesn't stop with you. The purpose of the unstoppable and unending all of God is for us and others. And then it's just a constant flow. So he said, not by, not by might, not by power, but only by my spirit will you finish this temple work. It's an impossible work. But you know what? By my spirit, you can do it. Something in, in your life, you've been praying, it's impossible. It looks impossible, right? It's, it's discouraging to you. And you're living there. But the Lord wants to remind you of what he reminded the children of Israel. Is that it's not by might or by power. It's only by my spirit that can't do it, says the Lord. Mm. Only. So they will. So if Jehovah Jireh is working for you, if his spirit is working for you, there's no obstacle from the enemy that can stop the work of God. And you know what? If he doesn't accomplish it in your life, if you stay rigid and, and refuse to allow the soil of your heart to be tilled up so that oil can flow through you, it's going to flow through somebody else. God is still going to accomplish his purposes. But you know what? I want to be. I want to be the one he accomplishes it through. And there's no obstacle that can stop the Spirit of God if we're operating in the Spirit, not of ourselves. We have to check ourselves every day, every day. So there was favor on their life to do this thing, right? There was favor on their life to, to build this temple. And you know what? There was favor on all those hundreds of thousands, They were all called to do this, right? But only a fraction of them walked in the favor. Now, if you're Pentecostal, you hear people praying favor a lot, right? Lord, let me find favor when I go shopping for this dress. I just need to find this dress because I can't handle any more stress in my life. I just need the favor of the Lord. 
I'm going to file my taxes. Lord, I need favor. Let me have favor. Walk in front of me, Lord. Walk, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But we, we talk about favor of the Lord so flippantly. And we have this idea of favor that is like, ooh, if I'm a Christian and I can get favor, that's where it's at. I'm good to go. Like, that's it. That's the thing, right? That if you have favor, it's like a measure of like, that person probably don't have favor over there, but it looks like I got the favor, you know? And, and there's, there's even some ministers that kind of show that. Like, they, they encourage that way of thinking. But here's the deal. I want to talk about favor. Favor was on these people to build the temple. But the temple building was hard work. So God places favor on your life so you can do the hard work. Favor is just a component that propels us into the thing. It propels us into the glory of God. So don't let favor be the end, uh, the end goal, okay? If you have favor as the end goal, you're staying on the shallow waters. True favor helps Shelly go over to the enemy lines. Y'all think that after she leaves here that it's going to be easy? Y'all had that experience before where you come into a a spirit-filled service, you've been wrecked, and then you leave, and all hell breaks loose, and you say, God, have you forsaken me? God, are you not faithful to me? What was that, just a one-time word, or did I do something wrong? And you start second-guessing yourself, and you let the enemy steal that promise from you. You let the enemy steal your favor right out from under your feet. So what I'm trying to tell y'all is y'all got favor. All of y'all have favor, but it's the favor that you need to guard and protect. There's been times where you felt a moment of God's presence. You got the the good feelings, right? You got the the good tears. You're feeling a breakthrough happening, and you feel like you've walked into the favor of God. In that moment, you feel chosen. You feel special. You feel like, okay, God, I'm your vessel. Fill me up. Fill me up. You start singing, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. I'm, 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 I'm keeping your presence, and you're just on cloud nine, right? But then you walk out, and of course, the enemy attacks you, and in a moment, you second-guess the favor of God on your life. I believe those hundreds of thousands during that 70 years of waiting second-guessed the favor of God on their life. And when they second-guessed it, do you know what they did? They stepped out of alignment with God's favor. They stepped out of alignment with his goodness. And they stepped into a place of discouragement, disconnected from courage. It takes courage to protect the favor on your life. Get this, it is the favor of God that will propel you into his glory. But it comes at a cost. And that cost is fighting for the favor so you can be able to withstand, okay, the lies of the enemy that, oh no, he didn't speak to you. Oh no, you're not good enough. Oh, that's, people don't like you because you're weird. You were born into social anxiety. And so I'm going to have it. And it just is what it is. So I can't attend small groups because, oh, you know, that's why we have the continual oil of the Spirit. Because it destroys yokes. The oil of the Holy Spirit is the anointing. And Isaiah said the anointing does what? It destroys them. It destroys them. I think about my Jesus who was broken. He was broken. He was broken so we don't have to be. We can walk in the favor. We just have to protect it. And do you know how you protect your favor? Is don't partner with the lies that you are not chosen to have favor.
Did y'all get that? Don't partner with the lies. Woo. I'm just going to tell you, favor, when you start praying for it, it might propel you into the desert. But it might be in the desert where God's glory is. Favor might propel you into a, a church culture that from the outside looks like chaos, but from the inside looks like freedom. It feels like freedom because on the inside, you realize when I have favor, I have favor on my life to be pastor. And I think sometimes, God, what were you thinking? Me and Matt can't pastor a church. We normal folk with normal problems and we're a hot mess. But sometimes I have to get, I get in that place of discouragement and I start letting the enemy peel my confidence away and peel my courage away of I can't do that because I don't know how to write a sermon I only know how to fill your presence but then he and then I have to say no it's my responsibility to stop the enemy and say no God gave me the favor it's not some kind of fruity blessing it's a responsibility and I choose to walk in the responsibility of favor choose to walk in the responsibility of favor. Some of y'all acting like a five-year-old that can't take on a responsibility. Sometimes my almost eight-year-old, I think you're almost eight, you should be able to do this. And then I remember she's just eight. But then I'm like, surely she knows. But eight-year-olds aren't that great with responsibility just yet. But guess what? We should be beyond eight spiritually. And if you're not, the Lord will take you there because, because, get this, he's got the endless supply of oil that never runs out. And it's the anointing that gives me favor. And it's the favor, as long as I'm responsible and protected, that propels me into glory. Can you imagine if we all put our big girl and boy undergarments on and said, I'm going to do this thing because I have favor on my life. I messed up a whole lot or maybe I'm 75 years old and my time feels spent or I wasted so many years that I can't get back. And so you're living in this place of discouragement and you've just handed over your favor to the enemy. And he's walking around with your favor. I want to keep on to the favor. So God desires to do a work in you. Look, I want everybody to know this. So I want you to look at your neighbor and take turns. Don't just speak over. I know I'm in the audience a lot where the pastor's like, play this. And you're like, oh. Actually say it. Look at your person beside you or across from you or wherever and say, God desires to do a work in you. Sister. In the green. What's her name? Yeah. God desires to do a work in you. He does. He loves you. He loves her. Becky, he loves her. What's your name, sister? Grace. <laughs> Grace. Ooh. Pour your oil out, Lord. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, get it together, Emily. Y'all know why I also want favor on my life? 
because I want my girls to walk in favor. And I want their kids to walk in favor. And as a mama, it's going to be real hard for me to see them struggle when they grow up. But it's inevitable, right? It's a part of life. But I want them to have that favor on their life. That is me saying, devil, give them your best shot. But they're going to have favor because I've stayed faithful. Because Matt has stayed faithful. They're going to stay faithful because I'm instilling that value into them. I'm teaching them. I'm keeping my home anointed. I'm turning off the bad stuff on TV. We're going to protect our favor. We're not going to believe that we're not good enough in this house. We're going to keep saying it until you believe it. I'm going to lay hands on you and make you feel awkward until you believe it, until you partner with me. Some of y'all need to get violent. Some of y'all need to get violent with the enemy. God is looking for a hot and passionate church. He's not looking for some dangling worms who just calling through the soul. He's looking for a hot and passionate church who's ready to receive the oil. They don't care. If I called one of y'all up here and pulled a bottle of oil on you, would you cringe or would you accept it? That's just a visual picture. Are you ready? Are you ready? God's wanting to do something with his church. Y'all know it. Y'all know it. And if he's ready to pour out the oil, y'all need to make sure that y'all prepared without fear to not go in by modern power, but by his spirit, it's going to happen. Come on. Stop saying all this garbage that you're not good enough. Stop saying it. Stop saying I'm stupid. Stop saying it. Stop saying I don't have a place. Or I'm an outcast or nobody likes me. You're handing your favor over to the enemy. Woo! In the first chapter of Zechariah, we're in chapter four, but in the first, when Zechariah comes on the scene, do you know what he starts doing? He starts prophesying from the Lord, saying, return to me, return to me. And remember, repentance means a changing in thinking. It means being humble, but being willing to change, not just your actions, but your thinking. And you cannot change your actions and your thinking without the oil, without the anointing, without Holy Spirit. Trevor, you could probably stand up right now and say, I tried many times, but it wasn't until I got under the oil spout that I changed. Is that right? Come on. I'm talking to Christians here. I'm talking to me here. How many days of the week am I standing under the oil spout? (sighs) Am I sleeping under the oil spout? Jesus. Oh. Hallelujah. My husband calls me the OG Holy Ghost because I, I guess, I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I catch myself and I'm mad. If you're watching, I always think about that. Every time it, (laughs) but man, I just feel it, y'all. Woo. Oh. Y'all got to be willing to get messed up. Y'all going to other places, getting messed up in another building. You come to the house that you belong to, and you're stiff as a board. You're critical. Oh! Oh! 
I don't care how crazy y'all think I look or act. He wants all. He wants to pour his oil out. He wants to lather you in it. He wants to immerse you and baptize you in his oil. The oil of the Holy Ghost who will propel you. Woo, let's look at verse 10 before we finish. Let's finish this out because this is really important that you get this last part. Verse 10, who with reason despises the day of small things or beginnings? I think it just whooped every one of us in here. Seasons of small beginnings, I'm going to tell you, are priceless shaping and preparation And some of you might say, well, I'm sick and tired of the small beginnings because I've been doing it for 30 years and I feel unseen. Well, guess what? You're walking in an unfavored walk. You believe in the power of God, but you are not walking in it because you have partnered with a negative mindset That is opposite of hope. My God is hope. So if you are not walking in hope, you are not walking in God. That, my friend, is lukewarm. One foot here and the other foot here. He's looking for a hot and passionate church. Mm, A pure bride. That's willing to say, I haven't hit my stride yet, but I'm still the bowl where the oil is filtering out all the impurities. Woo, I've taken the stoppers off. I've taken the stoppers off. And now I'm a mechanism. I am a vessel that is able to be used. No more stagnant oil. Fresh oil. Think of that. If it's running out, there's always fresh oil in. You don't have to go down and get laid hands on for fresh oil. You can walk in it every day. Every day. For these seven eyes shall rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So they are the eyes of the Lord which roam through the earth. So he is looking for those who rejoice, or they will rejoice when the person picks up the pipe and lets it flow through. He's wanting you to work for his kingdom. You don't have to feel special or, you know, have one of the pastoral gifting or an evangelist. You don't have to be an evangelist or a teacher to be special and a builder in God's kingdom. It takes us all. Stop saying you're not enough. Let's finish this out. Verse 11, then I said to him, Who is speaking with me? What are these two olive trees on the right side of the lampstand and on its left? Now we're trying to figure out what what are those trees for? Why are they in the picture here? What does that really mean? Verse 12, and a second time I said to him, What are those two olive branches which are beside the two golden pipes by which the golden oil is emptied? Verse 13, he replied, Don't you know what these are? And I said, no, sir. And he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. So this was right here referring to Zerubbabel and and Joshua because they had been called into favor, just like you have been called into favor to do a work, right? And so it, it, referred to them as the trees. They were called to be the thing that the never-ending oil flows through, the constant oil flows through. And they were uniquely anointed for that position. But I believe that this was given not just for them too, but we can look back on this vision. And now Jesus has come. And we are all kings and priests. We are all called. We are all called. Say, I am called. Into favor. 
He's wooing you. Don't you wish sometimes God would just like make up his mind on his own and say, nope, you're just, you're in, you're in. Sometimes I make people do things. (laughs) Holy Spirit doesn't really make people do things. He woos you. And he's saying, come on, I'm calling you into favor. Will you walk with me, take on the favor, so you can be propelled into the glory that God is wanting to send your way for the people around you? It will bless your home. It will give you an abundance. Okay? Jesus said abundance abundance. I think it was John 10, 10. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So favor is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's costly. And in the way of costly is you can't let the enemy get in. Do y'all know? So you guys put yourself in those tree positions just like Zerubbabel and Joshua were the trees. that they, It says that they were uh, the anointed ones, okay? Anointed ones here in Hebrew means sons of oil. In the Bible, when something was called sons of something, it means that it was basically that thing. So if it was like a pagan god and it was a son of Belial, that means those people were basically Belial. They were the acting as the paid. They were the thing. So sons of oil means that you are so characterized by the power and anointing of God that you are so characterized with it that it basically is you. That you are sons of oil. That you have a job to do. And you're good enough because of the oil flowing through you. It's not the vessel. It's the contents. And it delivers. It delivers. Y'all know I could go up to an oil refinery or whatever and see all these big things of oil. But can I, can I fill up my car there? No. But if I have a little five-gallon gas tank... Or, well, I don't know. I'm not a guy. I don't know these things. It might be small, but it delivers. Just because something looks mighty fine does not mean it delivers. Be a sons of all. Be a daughter of all. Embody it and deliver it because we got a job to do. This kingdom's going to get built by somebody. I'm jealous for it and I want to be a part of it. Stand up if you're jealous and you want to be a part of it. I'm going to tell y'all, I don't want to get all weird on y'all, but this is, I heard this the other day and it was the most random, but I think God moment. I've never studied the Hebrew years. But we're in Hebrew year, I had to write it even down, 5783. Oh, if I told y'all the 578, y'all would be blown away based on what we've talked about here those last years. <laughs> but the three, it's the, the third numerical alphabet in the alphabet in the Hebrew language. And you know, it doesn't go, their language isn't written like we would write it from like left to right, right? So it's written from right to left. Can you put that picture up? I think it's that very last picture. And it stand, it, the, the Hebrew word here is gemil. Gemil. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But it's like a camel. That's what the translation is. And if you look at it, it looks like a man leaning forward. And what this symbolizes is that is it is a year of moving forward. And I believe God gives us numbers. 
And he gives us things. You can say, well, prophecy is a bunch of baloney. Well, it's in the word of God that prophecy is a treasure, that we are to heed prophecy. And I believe God uses things to prophesy his word, the heartbeat of his heart over you. And I believe when I read this, it so resonated in my spirit that it is a time to move forward. And you say, well, I haven't put up any walls of the temple in my life in my spiritual walk. I've just been gliding along. Well, the Lord is saying, now is the time to press in and build the foundation. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Stop staying still and start moving forward into my glory with my favor. Get it back from the enemy. Maybe today you need to get your favor back from the enemy. You've been dogging yourself. You've been letting the word curses from everybody else in your life still the joy in your heart it's not just still in the joy it's still in the favor on your life because if you don't have the joy you don't have favor but he's wanting us to move forward in him move forward in abundance i'm going to read what jesus said again i came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows i'm going to give you more as you move forward think about a camel in the desert what does that camel do he may spend weeks in the desert but what has he got on his back Ooh, he's got a reserve. He's got the supply. He's got the sustenance. He carries it and he doesn't get tired. Come on, if you're ready to move forward, I want somebody to lift their hands in the Lord. I want you to say, God, I want to stand under your anointing. I want to stand under the oil. I want to be so characterized by the oil flow of the anointing from heaven that I want to look like it. I want to be a son of oil. I want to be a daughter of oil. God, do it in me. All it takes is your yes. All it takes is you turning from the old things and walking into the newness that he has for you. Ooh. I'm going to tackle this head on. If you have disbelief, if you struggle with disbelief, I want you to come here. Run, 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 run. Get down here. If you struggle with disbelief, Ooh, no, stand up. I want you to stand up. Y'all don't kneel down because we're going to pray for you. Can you stand up? We're gonna, I want you to stand up. You're a warrior. Stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a time to kneel, but I want you to stand. If you struggle with, oh, tell me there's not just three. There are. Be honest. Get real with God. Who struggles with disbelief that you don't, that favor is not for you? Mm. Oh, Jesus. Oh, come on. Come on, there are so many more. There are so many more. So many more. You want to walk in the favor. You want to be a game changer when you walk into the room. But you aren't. God's telling you to lay hands on folks, but you're too intimidated because you've not been walking it. God, let the scales fall off their eyes today. Whoa. Let the scales fall off, God. Give them a moment of clarity to see what you are doing and want to do. I love how this scripture ended I think it was in verse 7 that it said it was by grace. Grace. And it repeated it. Grace. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit. Say, God, I want your spirit. I want your spirit. I want your spirit. Come on, church. Press in. Oh, 
We're going to start laying hands. I want y'all to press in. If you're serious about this, get on your face and say, God, give me the oil. Oil, Lord. Ha, ha. These messages will help you on your journey of discovering who Christ is and who you are in Him. You can learn more about our ministry at lvahs.org or follow us on Instagram at lakeview.hs.